Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. We're talking about gifts this Christmas. If you were here last Sunday, we talked very specifically about 1 Corinthians 7, 7, and that it says that God has given each and every one of us gifts, and we said we need to be using those gifts in the kingdom of God, that we all have been given gifts, and when we use them, we can make a huge difference and have a great impact in the world and in the lives of those around us when we use those gifts for the kingdom of God. And today, we're talking about another gift, a gift that every one of us have. Now, for, for me growing up, we could ask for anything we wanted for Christmas, but we knew we were going to get socks. Like, that's just, that's just it. You ask for anything you want, parents are like, great, that's it, but you're getting socks. And not only did we get socks, but everybody got socks. So it was like the present, maybe you had this, do you ever do this where everybody in the family gets the same thing, so they all have to open it up at the same time? Anybody, anybody ever have that before? Yes. Okay. They're like, I'm ashamed, I'm not even going to do it, half raise my hand, it's okay. Anyways, we had that all the time growing up. All the time we had the, the, the one gift that everybody had and we all opened it at the same time because everybody got the same thing. Well, that's what we're talking about today is this gift, and this gift is something that every, every single believer has. Without exception, this is a gift that God has given you. And really, it is the gift of your story. This is the gift of your story, of what it is that you, God has done in your life. What has he done? See, something that's for every single one of us is for us to share God's love with those around us, to share God's love. In fact, Ephesians 4.11, it's talking, and in this, because when I talk about sharing God's love, I think sometimes people think, well, isn't that the pastor's job? Like, that's why, that's why you're there. Isn't that your job? That's not my job. But I want you to read Ephesians 4.11. This is what it says. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave the church. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers, verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work of his ministry, to build the church up, to build the body of Christ. So this is something for all of us to do. This isn't like a select few people that go and do this. This is for everybody. Matthew 28 talks, and, is, and Jesus says this, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples. Go and make followers. We get to share God's love with everybody around us. This is for, this is for all of us, and a, an amazing tool that God has given us is our story. Because when I begin to talk about, like, evangelism or, or like, 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 witnessing and telling people about God, I know some of you are like, like that, that scares you. You're like, no, I, I do not, I'd rather get a root canal. Sign me up for three. Like, no. Like, I do not want that. And I understand that because I do not like going to the dentist at all. I, I do not like it. They pull your mouth open and they know it doesn't go wider. And then they're like, well, you know why? You're like, that doesn't go that way. And they've been doing this. And they're like, put this in your mouth and it's going to hurt. You're like, well, then why don't you fix it and make it not hurt if it's going to hurt? Like, what are you, I, I do not. I'm not a big fan of dentists at all. And then you have a toothache, and then, then you really need them, and you're like, thank you very much. But for the most part, I'm just, I'm just not a big fan. I understand that. But some people, 
That same feeling that I get when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the dentist. It's like my five-year thing that I do. I go to the dentist, and, and I hate it. I dread it. You feel that way about trying to tell people about Jesus. But I want you to know that your story is an amazing tool that you can use to tell people about Jesus. I think one of the reasons why people don't is they think, well, I don't know enough. Or like, what if they ask like about the Pentateuch or grace versus law or if God can make a rock big enough that he can't pick it up? Like, what if they ask me these weird questions that I don't understand and I'm like, wait, I, I, because then he can't or he can't that he can't. Like, uh. but the truth is your story is yours and nobody can argue with your story. Jesus said, go and tell all the world. And that is for us. That's what we get to do. We get to share that everywhere we go. This is a job for every one of us, every single one of us, and we can all do it. I had some friends and I um, in high school. We were doing, uh, a bunch of us, we got in the, in, the, in the church van. You pile in the thing, and we were going to go do street witnessing, which is where we went downtown, and we were just walking around and telling people about Jesus. And this one guy, and he, and he we was, was witnessing, he was in the group with me, I was not with him for this, but he comes back and tells the story of he's sharing Jesus with this guy. He goes, but the, but the first time he says Jesus to him, the guy just like goes off the handle. The first time he says the word Jesus. Walks up to the guy, the guy's fine. Gives him food, the guy's fine. But says Jesus, and this guy just flips out and starts cussing and just using all this crazy language. And, and my friend is like, I don't know why, and, and he was a big guy, and uh, he's like, you'll, you'll understand why I said that in a moment, but he's like, uh, this guy just started saying all, using the Lord's name in vain, all this, and, and my buddy's like, I just didn't know what to do, so I just, bam, he punches him right in the face, punches him in the face, knocks the guy down, knocks him down, and we're all like, he tells us the story, we're like, why did you do that? And then why are you telling anybody that you did that? Like, both of those things don't make any sense. He goes, but next, the guy gets up and goes, tell me more. I'm tired. And, I, and I'm paraphrasing. He goes, but I'm tired of these milquetoast Christians who won't stand up for their... He goes, this is a God I want to know about. Tell me what more. And he led the guy to Christ right there. <laughs> and we're like, that's awesome. Now, hear me loud and clear. Do not go punch people in the face. Okay, I'm not advocating that at all. Do not go punch somebody in the face. It was a few Christmases ago that the kids were a little bit littler, and Jono, one of our little ones, came up to me and is like telling on his, his, his cousin Willow, and she was being mean, and she wouldn't stop, and she was taking this. I'm like, well, tell her to stop. And, and, uh, and he's like, she wouldn't stop. And it was hurting him. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I'm like, well, she won't stop. Just punch her in the face. And I go back to doing whatever I'm doing. Well, yeah, somebody knows what ended up happening. So a few minutes later, we're still all at grandma and grandpa's house. And everybody's there. And, and Willow comes running up to my sister crying and says, oh, ah, punched me in the face. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. And, and Stephanie goes, I'm sure he didn't. And, 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 I, and as I'm walking over, I hear her say to Jono, Jono, what happened? 
And he goes, I punched her in the face. You know, like the little kids are like, they're proud of it. Like, I did it. That was me. I punched her in the face. And Stephanie goes, why did you do that? And I didn't make it there in time to stop him. <laughs> and suddenly he goes, my dad told me to. And I'm like, I did, but I didn't. Like, that's, that's not, I should probably straighten that out. So I just really don't want that to happen again this morning, okay? Do not go punch people in the face. I'm telling you not to do that. But at the same time, God can use, there's so much that we think God cannot use that he can and will if we give it to him. That being said, do not go punch people in the face. But your story, your story is yours. And here's the thing. When we, when we rattle off facts and things, it, it's, hard, it's hard to remember. They say, you've probably heard this saying before, that facts go through us, but stories stick to us. And, and your story, you telling somebody what God in your life, nobody can argue with. Jesus did not say, go into all the world and argue about the age of the earth with somebody. No, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what he said, not argue. And our story, when you argue with somebody, you're both just digging a hole deeper to where you want to be. Rarely is anybody trying to convince another person in an argument, but our stories are so powerful. They're so powerful. Um, spelling has never been something that I'm just, I was like really, Mac is already laughing, really, really just good at, Right? It was always something I had to struggle, I, I struggled with. Even like, remember ACTs, it was like pathetically, pathetically low. Now in my defense, it was one of those, if you remember the ACTs, it's the multiple choice. And so they'd write the word Tuesday, like T-U-E-S-D-A-Y, T-E-U-S-D-A-Y, T-U-E-U-E, oh, I'm getting confused, S-D-A-Y. And they're like, which one's correct? And I'm like, well, they give me five options and... One of them's wrong, but the rest of them all look good to me. I don't know. Like, I know what they're trying to say. It's Tuesday. So it was never something, but it was, it was always something that's always taken me a lot of effort. But there's one word. I remember Mr. Black's class, second grade. He told the story. We were learning how to spell the word tomorrow. And he said, Jack and Tom were in a boat. Tom fell out. Jack had to decide, was he going to get Tom or row? Tom or row? Tomorrow. Tom, tomorrow. I've never spelled tomorrow wrong. Okay, because it's Tom or row. And I have no idea if at the time, like, I was like, yeah, Tom needs to get out of the boat or, or why, or, yeah, I don't like, I have nothing. I don't know. But that story of how to spell that word stuck. And I always know how to spell it. You have a story of what God has done in your life. And we need to not be afraid to share, to use that, to share with those that are around us. Use that story. Jesus told stories all the time. Jesus told stories. Here's just a few of them. A few of his stories. He's got a story of two sons in Matthew 21, the Good Samaritan, maybe you're familiar with that in Luke 10. Story of the mustard seed in Matthew 11. Story of the lost sheep. In Matthew 18, story of the talents in Matthew 21, story of the wedding banquet in Matthew 22, the rich fool in Luke 12, the lost son in Luke 15. Jesus told stories over and over and over. In fact, it says this in Mark 4, verse 33. It says, 
With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as he, they could understand. Verse 34, he did not say anything to them without using a parable or a story. But there's something incredibly powerful about your, my story, about your story, because it's my story. You can't argue with that. You can argue facts all day long. It's true. It's not true. He's impeached. He's not impeached. He's going to be impeached. You can, you can argue. And you can see one side saying it's, it's, it's so clear, and the other side is it's so clear. And they're both like, the facts are on our sides. And you're like, wow, somebody's got to be wrong. But your story, when you share and say, look, this is what it is. Tell about the peace that you have in your life. Tell about the difference that God has made. Talk about the healing, the freedom that you have. Talk about your church, how much better your relationship is now that you've done this or that. Talk about what it is that God has done because he has done so much for you. But we get to share God's love by sharing our stories. And I asked a few people if they would come and share just briefly their stories. So Joel, if I could have you start, why don't you come on up here? And do you have the microphone, love? James does right over here. So Joel, on your way up, grab the microphone from James. And, and this is what I asked them. I, I called and gave him a little bit of warning. And I said, if your neighbor was to come up and ask you, like, why do you go to church on Sunday? Or, or why is God such a big deal to you? He seems to play a big part in your life. What would your answer be? And I'm like, now, it can't be 20 minutes. I'm like, you need like three minutes or less of this is just the difference that God's made in my life. So, Joel, I'm your neighbor. I Hi, walk everybody. up. Hi. I walk up to you and, and maybe we're at the trash can or I'm bringing your dog back because it ran away. Do you have a dog? I do. See? I knew it, and it ran away, and I bring it back, and I'm like, hey, run away. hey, so here's your dog again, and I give it to you, but Thanks, hey, buddy. you know, we notice you're gone every Sunday. Are you one of those church people? I am. I definitely am. All right. Why is God such a big deal to you? Why is he so important to you? He's the most important to me. Uh, first, let me say, my story isn't finished yet. Uh, none of our stories are finished yet, and... God is writing a story in me every day. Um, it started when I was born. I, I, I was born into a Christian family. Uh, I've known God all my life. I've known who Jesus was. I went to a Christian school. I learned the verses. Um, I never had that personal relationship with Jesus. I never thought I really needed one. I just thought I needed to believe. Um, I was told if you believe in God, you go to heaven and your life will be great. Um, I was never told about here on earth, though. Um, there's so much more to living than just living. And until I went through a series of terrible, terrible choices and, and living an empty life, um, a life filled with alcoholism, uh, drugs, um, uh, relationships that just weren't good, um, until I realized that the hole that I was trying to fill in my life could not be filled without anybody but Jesus, without that personal relationship with Jesus, 
Um, I was a mess. I was empty. Um, I wasn't living for anything. Today, uh, that hole is filled with Jesus uh, every day. Um, anything that gets me down, I know that he has my back, that he is always there for me. And no matter how hard things are or how hard they seem, he, anybody else has got our back. Like he, he can hold us so close and so dearly and, and everything that we're going through can just fade away in that moment and that grace of God. And to not have that just to me would be just such an absolute loss, like just a waste of time. My life was a, a waste of time before I put Jesus in my heart 100%. And, you know, we don't have to waste years or days or hours living for something other than Jesus. We can do it now. We can do it today. We can start now. We don't have to waste all that time. Uh, the young kids out there, you don't have to waste all that time searching. Um, Jesus is there. He's just waiting for you to ask him in. And, man, I wish I would have done it years ago. Uh, but I'm, I love where I am today. I love Jesus. I love God. And I, I couldn't ask for anything better. I really couldn't. Awesome. Thank you very much. Give you all a big hand. Thank you so very, very much. You know, I think the devil would love you to never tell your story, to be ashamed of where you came from, to be ashamed of what went wrong, what did wrong, anything that he can do to get you to not say anything. And maybe you're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't have the, the I, got, I was a drug dealer, got shot in the face, was found dead and whatever, and, that was like, and then I gave my life to Christ and now he's, maybe that isn't your story, but that's okay. If it's not your story, don't tell it. Don't be fake. Don't say something that's not true. But say, what? this is what God has done for me. I had this hole. I tried to fill it with whatever you tried to fill it with and say, but nothing worked until I found him. And now I have the peace that I was looking for and all those empty things. That's why God is such a big deal to me. And you should hear about him come to my church. It's life lesson. Here's where. Yeah, but tell, tell your story. Tell whatever it is. It's yours to tell. Remember, you don't have to know every answer. There's, there's actually an example of this that I love. And it's in, where is it? It's Matthew 9 or Mark 9. There we go. It's John 9, excuse me. Jesus heals somebody. He heals this man who was blind. Been blind since birth. And he's healed. And, and the Pharisees, the church leaders who are also the, they're not, 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 just, not just church leaders, leaders in the community, they hear about it. And, and the gathering place where everybody came together was the synagogue. And they'd made it clear that anybody who said that Jesus was the Messiah or was a follower of Jesus at that time would be thrown out of the synagogue, would be thrown out of and would lose their social settings, so to speak, would lose that. And, and so they find out and they're questioning this guy who had been born blind and can now see. They're questioning him. And they're like, who healed you? And he's like, this guy Jesus did. And they're like, no, 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 no. Well, how could he heal you? And he's like, because he's Jesus. He must be the Messiah. And they're like, no, he can't be. He's a sinner and he can't do this. And they're going back and forth and they're arguing with him. 
And I love his answer. He says this in John 9, 25. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind and now I see. He's like, there. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I was blind. Now I see he's the one who's made the difference in me. It rhymes. How cool is that? Yours doesn't have to rhyme. His did. That's extra special. But tell your story. Tell your story. This is what it is. This is the difference that he made in my life. And he would love to do the same for you. We don't have to know. I love that he's being questioned by the leaders of the day. They're wanting to know, well, what about this? And who is Jesus? And is he the Messiah? And, what about, and he's just like, I don't know. And when people ask questions that I don't know, I love to say, I don't know. But what I do know, I say the same thing he says, but what I do know is he says, I was blind, but now I see. What I do know is this is the difference that he's made in me. This is where my marriage was. This is where it is. This is what I was addicted to. This is where I am now. This is where I ran to for peace. This is the peace that I have now. This is what I ran. This is where it is now. Tell your story. This is what Jesus did for me. This is what he's done for me. Julie, I've got another story. Julie, why don't you come on up here? I asked Julie if she would do the same thing, if she would share her story just a little bit. Again, the same thing. If someone was to come up and say, or, hey, I've noticed that you carry your Bible, or, or maybe somebody at a coffee shop where you were reading or something, or the, or the song that you're listening to, or you play Christian music, it's your business, and, and they ask you the question, and they say, well, why do you do that? What would your answer be, and how would you answer that with your story. So, everybody say, hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. All right, here's a microphone, and just if, if someone was to come up to you and say, why is God such a big deal to you, or why are you playing Christian music in your business, or what, you know, you have, whatever that would be, go ahead, okay. Julie. My story's a little different than Joel's because I was raised in a Christian home, a really good, solid Christian home. Um, the but what it was is um, we never doubted that we were Christians or anything like that. But the programming and the churches that we were involved in, they were very legalistic and performance-based. And when you are raised in that environment, it really skews your perception of God. And so those are just some things that I have kind of learned along the way of being free from the burden and the guilt and the fear that come with walking in a legalistic environment. And um, so we, I say we because it's sort of Seth and I both, my husband, we were kind of raised in the same environment. But anyway, we started going to Res in Granville, and um, we started just hearing all of this teaching that we had never heard before. We were in church our whole lives and had never heard this stuff. And it was almost frustrating. The more we read our Bible, the more we found it to be true. And one of the big things that we learned, and it was a complete game changer, why is God a big deal, was we learned um, to the Holy Spirit. Now, in the legalistic environment, the Holy Spirit is almost like this Jiminy Cricket on your conscience, you know, good, bad kind of thing. Well, find how Holy Spirit is, you know, calls and leads you to live in authority and power and victoriously in Jesus' name. Whoa. And the second thing we went to go and learn was who you, understanding who you are in Christ and what Christ says about you. And again, in, when you're in a performance-based world, it's all about, well, if you don't do this, God's not going to bless you. It's garbage. 
And, but what my Bible says is that, you know, God is for me. He is not against me. He is on my side. Game changer. And the third thing that we went and learned, daily change of walk is, um, we found when we had the Holy Spirit and that all of a sudden the Bible made more sense. And, you know, even just reading, it was the Holy Spirit directing, leading, directing your steps. It's just all these things that we had read before made more sense. And um, another thing, that game changer, but prayer actually works. Now, when you live in a legalistic environment, it's, well, God didn't answer your prayer because, you know, you didn't work hard enough or you didn't pray long enough. You didn't um, say the right words. You know, or heaven forbid there's sin in your life. Again, all lies. But my Bible says that my prayers, they are powerful and they are effective. And God just wants a relationship with me. And the last thing is that just gets me so excited about what God is a big deal is that I get to pass these things on to my children. Yeah. And I am so excited to be a part of Life West and knowing that they're getting that teaching back there. And that just fuels a fire in me. Love it. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think there's a lot of reasons why maybe you haven't shared your story. I think some of them are the, is it, 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 it's not a big enough thing. I didn't get whatever it will, I don't have this crazy, amazing, mind-blowing thing. Let me just say, that's okay. Tell your story. Tell what it is for you. The questions that somebody might ask, it's okay to not know. I don't know all kinds of things. People ask us like, you got to give me a minute on that one. You're like, you know, I need a Twix. Just shove it in your mouth like something. Just hold on. I don't know. And other times it's like, I'm going to ask. And I have pastor friends that I ask. <laughs> My dad's a pastor. I ask him all kinds of questions. I'm like, what about this? And how did this happen? And, and this doesn't make sense here. And usually he's like, well, it's this and this. Don't you see? And I'm like, well, now I do. And other times he's like, you know, that's a good one. Here's what this person believes. And here's this. And, and uh, don't have to have every single answer. I think another one is, is we think we're not good enough. Well, I've done this wrong. And I'll, I'll share my story when my life is perfect. It's not going to be. There was one person who was perfect. That was Jesus. And he got killed for it. So maybe you don't want to be. You're not going to be perfect. I've got a list here of kind of like the people that God used in the Bible. Just a few of the people that we see when you read your Bible. The people that are used in mighty, mighty ways. And here's some of the things about them. Peter, he renounced the Lord. David committed adultery. Paul had bad judgment with John Mark, the person he brought with him. Jeremiah got discouraged and depressed. Elijah ran from Jezebel. Lot chose to live in Sodom. Abraham compromised with Hagar. Isaac lied about his wife. Zechariah didn't believe an angel. Noah got drunk. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were young. Elijah was suicidal. Elijah preached naked. Now we're just going to run away from that one. Jonah ran from God. I've never had that dream where you're like, oh no, I'm preaching naked. No. But I did have the dream where my dad, like as a kid, where my dad's secretary, I was stuck in my underwear at church and I just couldn't get dressed. And I'm running around and she's chased, like, you need to get dressed. I'm like, I can't find my pants. I don't know where they are. 
But the whole, like he, Isaiah, he didn't have the dream. He actually preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Over and over, whatever, here's the thing, whatever excuse the devil is telling you, whatever excuse you're letting stop you, don't. Don't. Somebody here's got it. Somebody here's probably got the exact same one, if not better than yours. If all that God used was perfect people, he'd have no one to use. He's not waiting for perfect people. He's waiting for people who will say, okay. As Jeremiah said, here I am, send me. Right? What I have, I'll give you. What your story is, use it. And don't let a lie of, well, be ashamed of it, or you can't have that there. What you have, use it. I purposely didn't have anybody share this morning in a super incredible, mind-blowing, oh my, wow, testimony. Because whatever yours is, it's yours and you can use it. I was blind, but now I see. I grew up in a pastor's home. Um, for long as I can remember, it was, it was, we, were, we were missionaries and then pastors. And I think it was a great way to live. I was taught that the Bible is the foundation and that's where you go. I made mistakes. I did things wrong, but I had the Bible there. And I was like, this is what I need to do. I need to come back to it. I need to come back to it. So I never got any super crazy, crazy, typical youth rebellion stuff. But I got in some stuff I probably shouldn't have. And I know I shouldn't have. And it came into our marriage when we were first married. Um, I was looking at porn. And it wasn't good. Becca found out about it. We talked about it. But I'm really glad that we both went back to the Bible. And we said, okay, what are we going to do? And Beck's like, well, here's what I want you to do. And she's like, I'll forgive you, but here's what we need to do. And here's how we're going to move forward in this. And here's what I've seen over and over and over. I've made mistakes and I've done things wrong. But when I go back to the Bible, I believe exactly what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. God says, I have know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then when I submit my mistakes and what I've done wrong... To, and I begin to do it God's way again, I get the best result I can possibly get. We have an awesome, awesome marriage today. It's great. It really is. I love it. And in fact, something that should have or could have torn it apart, I look at it now, and I wish it had never happened, but it did. And so now I look back and I say, if we made it through that, then we can definitely make it through picking the color of the paint that's going to go. You know, whatever it is, we can make it through anything else. Like, we, we can make it through. And, but don't be ashamed of whatever it is where you're like, I have to hide this thing and act like it never happened. Tell the story. This is what it was, and this is where I am now. Use that to make a difference. Because that's what Jesus came for. He says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. The life that you have, the difference that he's made, Share your story. But maybe you're here today and you're like, my story, my story hasn't even taken that shift yet because you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you've been trying to put all the pieces where they go all on your own over and over and over. You've tried to fill needs and hurts and things and you've tried to do it your way, but it has not worked. Maybe today's the day where you say, God, I want to give it to you. I want you to write my story. 
I want to give it to you. Maybe today is your day. So before we close, would, everybody, would you just quickly just bow your heads and close your eyes? And as we're about to close, you can leave here knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God to give him your heart, your life. You can know right where you stand. We don't die and then one day find out. God's word says in Romans that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. We can know and we can begin to walk out that story, walk out that life that he has for you. So if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, today I want to come, I want to give God my life. Or today, maybe you're the one and you say, you know what? I've I've been living for God. I've said that prayer before, but I've turned my back on him. But today I want to come back. I want to declare I'm his again. I, I, I I need a clean break from what I've been doing. I want to be his again. If that's you, if you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you. I'm not going to embarrass you and call you up front, but right in your seat. I'd love to pray for you. And when we say amen, you can know that your sins are forgiven. You're going to walk out the plan and the purpose that God has for you and begin to rewrite your story. If that's you, at the count of three, just shoot your hand up high. You're saying, I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. I want to be yours. Don't, none of this halfway stuff. I want you to be bold. One, two, three. Shoot it all the way up and say, that's me. Today is my day. Awesome. Anybody else? Today's my day. I'm giving him all that I have. Awesome. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? All right, let's put those hands down. And those of you that lifted your hands, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. In fact, everybody repeat this prayer after me. But those of you that lifted your hands, as you say these words, make these your own. Okay, God, repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me for all I've done wrong. Thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood so I could be free. Today, I give you my life and I give you my heart. Come rule and reign in my life. From now on, God, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.